The only labor I'm doing today is talking about Beverly Hills. <laughs> and don't take my kindness for weakness because I'm just being fake anyway. <laughs> <laughs> You guys, this is so special. Any chance that I get to record with someone in person is like, oh my God, there's a human being here. This is how AG used to be back in the day pre-COVID. It's like a vibe. It's an energy. It's a, it's a little piece of heaven, I have to tell you, especially when this person is back on the people's people's couch except just kidding we're recording in the office listen it's andy's girls episode 341 and i'm so excited to have back bravo holic former political <laughs> commentator <laughs> <laughs> which we were just talking about before well, got started you know Raffi d'angelo Raffi d'angelo i feel like uh <laughs> politics was draining me and yes. bravo was energizing me so I needed to take a break from talking about the world and spend more time talking about fancy women eating meals together on television. So how does that, understanding certainly how exhausting political commentary must be, like the cost, there is a, a cost there, especially to write about it and unpack it in the ways that you did, which was very personal, very nuanced. Well, my goal when I started doing it um, was to sort of break it down for my community. So like I, every, all, all of my vernacular and the words that I used and the stories that I told were like, I am talking to mm. millennial black women and millennial queer people um, just in my own black voice. Like we are on the corner talking, we're having a conversation about politics. And so I wanted to break down complex things and talk to my community and then give them action steps. And it's like, okay, so this thing happened, like gerrymandering in North Carolina happened or whatever. Um, this is what it means, so mm -hmm. let me break it down for you. And this is what you can do about it. So that was what my goal was. And then, you know, with a little sprinkling of humor, like I used to do the debates and I would pick a, a, a TV show to only use just from that TV show to explain the debates. Oh, I'll yeah. send you. I'll send you I some feel of like those. I didn't read because you know I, I was a devout was, yeah. reader when we got introduced. <laughs> I was like beep, 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 beep. every time you posted something on Instagram, I zoomed immediately devoured it. My favorite one. I did one with only using like Real Housewives of New York gifs for one of the presidential debates. Oh, that one was good. I st I still have it saved. I used to use it on my like packet to apply for writing jobs. <gasps> That's um, so smart. But yeah, so it, it just got draining because in order to write comprehensively about mm -hmm. things going on, like what I hated about especially commentary on social media was that it was in such like a little bubble. And a lot of people in cities like L.A. or New York or Chicago have these really big voices mm -hmm. talking about politics, but they are not taking into account what people in South Carolina are thinking or going through. So you end up with like these little echo chambers of liberal bubbles where people are very loud in them. So I would read left, right, and center every day. So I would read from Breitbart all the way over to like Mother Jones every day mm. um, because I wanted to see what people were talking about in places outside of my echo chamber. Mm -hmm. And then after 2016, it just got harder and harder to read the right. And it got harder and harder to read like the left's responses to things that did not matter. Mm. And it was just draining on me more and more and more. And then I got to a point where I was no longer giving action steps because I felt 
um, a little hopeless a lot of the time. And I felt like that was not good energy to put out. So I remember when the shooting in Las Vegas happened, this was a few years ago. The, at the, the festival? Yeah. At the, okay. I think it was a like country music festival. Yeah. So the shooting happened. Oh and God. then the next day people were in my inbox. It's like, oh, you didn't write about this. Cause that's something that I would have written about. And then I was sitting down and I was going to write cause people were asking me to write. And I was like, you know what? I don't have anything to say. Because there's nothing that I can say right now that will give people action steps that will actually change the culture that allowed this to happen because guns aren't Mm -hmm. going anywhere. There are no laws that are going to be passed to take guns off the streets. We are not Australia. We are not the UK. We can't have a mass shooting and then the government says, okay, turn in your guns. Like that will literally never happen. It would have happened. Exactly. It would have happened after Sandy Hook. I was like 20 dead kids, 20 dead white kids didn't matter. So (laughs) like these other shootings do not matter. Like if, if we could get through that without any changes, then we can get through anything. And so I was writing it and I didn't have an action step and I was just feeling like there's nothing you can do about it. And I was like, that is not good energy to put out there. That is not responsible because there are a lot of people who are doing great work and they're really passionate about it and they are working to change things. And I feel like they should. Like, yes, please keep working. I don't want my voice saying that, oh, it's so hopeless and nothing's going to change. I don't want that to affect anybody else's mental state and like discourage Mm. them from working. So I was like, you know what? Let me not just put this bad energy out there. And I started like writing less and less and less until it was like, you know what? I just need to get a real job because, you know, I'd just been writing. All I Mm. did was my blog for like years and years. And I was like, you know, I need to get a job job. I need to get a job with a paycheck and benefit so I can make enough money to insulate myself from the upcoming American fallout because I am a black queer person mm. who will not be protected when America falls to pieces. When we and do the, our series finale. Exactly. Right now we're in sweeps. And the only thing that can protect you is money. So I'm like, you know what? Let me go make some money. So now I work in finance. <laughs> I work in finance and I'm making money and that is... Pretty much the goal right now, I want to have a little cushion nest egg so I can escape, go somewhere else when everything falls apart. Um, so now instead of working on the macro level mm. where I'm like, oh, you changed this policy. I'm like, nope. my goal is to affect people one on one, make the lives better of the people around me and make myself safer. So I still volunteer with my kids in the Bronx. I still do my music lessons and my tutoring and mentoring. Like I still do that stuff. Like Mm -hmm. I'm just one-on-one, who can I affect where I can like actually see it and make myself feel better? Because I'm not out here trying to change the world on the internet anymore. I'm like, no, I'll just go back to my community and just help the people around me and let the people who still have the energy and the mental health to change the world, let them do it because I'm tapped out. I'm tired. <laughs> so that's where I am. Well, I feel like it's the idea of, um, you know, when you're on a flight and they say, if you have, God forbid, a child with you to put the mask, the oxygen mask on yourself first before you help someone else. And I feel like that's so applicable. The more that time goes on, the more that we deal with and have to face the idea that like at the end of the day, if you're not okay, then trying to make or trying to help other people be okay if the foundation there is not solid like you have the right to say like I I deserve to take care of myself first yeah I I really wasn't doing well especially like um 
I was medicated because I had anxiety and I had mm. depression. And so my mat, I no longer had the oxygen mask on anymore. Like when I first started writing, like I was breathing great. I'm energized. And then slowly there's no more oxygen in the bag. I'm like, how can I get some oxygen mm. in this bag? I need to step away from it and let other people deal with the world and I will deal with myself. Mm -hmm. And so that is what I'm doing. But, you know, I didn't delete anything. My site is still up, but it's private. It's password protected. I'm not updating it. Really? So people can't wait. So people can't see it right now. Nope. Because people engage so much. Oh, and you can't you that takes a lot of. Yeah. And I'm like, you know what? I don't want. And I always monitored my comment sections because racists were always in them. Mm. And so leaving it up without any monitoring would just it would just go to hell and it would become like an abusive playground for trolls and was like you know i'm just going to hide everything hide my facebook page hide my blog and then when i go back to it if i go back to it i'll probably write about something else i'll probably just do things that make me happy like recipes (laughs) new music like just put good energy out there because everything on the internet is always on fire i'm like maybe i can just make a nice happy place on the internet and be one of those people that like when I was doing political commentary and I would see people post nice things, I was like, don't you see the world is falling apart? What are you doing? This is so yeah. irresponsible. I'm like, no, I'm about to be one of those people. That's yeah, those just, people seem great. Yeah, they're so happy. I want to be those people. And I envy those people being so happy. So I'm going to be happy and <laughs> do things that make me happy as long as I'm not hurting anyone else or myself. And I still feel like a good person. That is what I will be doing, maybe. (laughs) And then even though I work in finance, I work for like a really... Nice finance? I work in nice finance. Um, I'm actually not going to say the name of the company. Yeah, I saw you catching yourself. Right. I was about to, (laughs) but then I realized I was like, Let's not do it. Let's not do it. Because I don't like to like marry... Just big F. Just big F. They had a lot of cash. (laughs) I don't like to marry like my professional life with my artistic life. I don't even like they don't even know who... I don't do that with events. I never say... They don't know who Rafi D'Angelo is at my job. Oh, wait, you told me this. Can you tell me again? So... I don't understand how this is legal. I'm extremely into it. So... Rafi D'Angelo is what I have always written as on the internet. But that's not your name. It is. It's my first and middle name. Oh, it's not your last name. Yes. So it's not my last name. So my last name is nowhere to be found on the internet at all. And Rafi. It's the smartest thing right. I've ever heard in my entire life. And I've been writing under Rafi D'Angelo since 2002. So there's not, I've never written a single thing with my first and last name. was a smart year for you, my friend. (laughs) To think of that 20 years ago. Well, that's just. We were four. But that's just my name. Like that's what I've always been called. Yeah. um, Because I just thought it sounded nice. And I didn't have any connection to my last name because I had such a bad experience with my parents coming out. So I just stopped using it. I stopped using my last name. and just started using my um, middle name as like my common name. And if you use a name for long enough, it becomes like your name. Like that is just your name. And it's fine. Like even on like my cash app card and my Venmo, like they say Rafi D'Angelo. They do not say my legal name because I have all this stuff under my common name that I can prove like, oh, this is my identity. Look, this is my picture. Wait, do you have a checking account under Rafi D'Angelo? No, I can't figure out how to do it. I feel like that (laughs) might be illegal. (laughs) Can't figure out how to do it. Okay, but the Venmo is so because it's yep. your. You mean your handle? No, is, like, do you want to see my? Yeah, show me your money. Let me see if I have a can cash I have the app. Money while you're there. 
I don't know if I keep it in here anymore. Do I still keep it in here? Oh my god. Ooh, a little credit card popped up. I'll right, take that. So not that I don't have it in there, but I'll show you my cash app account. Great. And then we should do a test. You should give me a hundred dollars and see what happens. I should give you a hundred dollars. I love that we're doing this on the episode, guys. This is so interesting for all of you. I'm but anyway, at Rafi, like back to the story while while I pull this up. For, so because I absolutely believe you, you don't need to show me proof, but I'm like extremely here for see, it. Look, full name. AMR. Oh, yeah. Full name. Yeah. <laughs> and your cash tag. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Into it. So um, anyway, when I applied for jobs, mm -hmm. I would use my legal first and last name. Mm -hmm. Right. So that was fine. There was no mix up holdover. Mm -hmm. um, and then I was working a job and I was using Rafi at work. And so it was Rafi plus my last name. And I was like, oh, I don't really like this now that they have merged because I don't want anybody to like search Rafi on the Internet and like sort of find me. And then whenever I would say Rafi on the phone, the person answering would be like, oh, Robbie. And I was like, oh, Robbie, maybe I'll start calling myself Robbie at work because it's easier and it's not my legal first name. So even if somebody does know my legal first name, like they won't be able to search it because I'm using Robbie, which nobody ever calls me in life. So with the newest job that I got, I had sent in a resume with my regular name. It was just my first and last name. Um, but it was very much like, oh, a black man sent in this resume, right? And I was like, you know what? I'm going to take Robbie and give it a gender neutral spelling with an I at the end. So maybe oh. they'll think like a white woman is applying for this job instead. And I got like 10 times of responses. So <gasps> that's who I am at work. <laughs> You're Robbie. I'm Robbie. R-O-B-I. R-O-B-B-I. Because -B -B it looks like a lady. <laughs> and I was applying for like customer facing jobs. Like when I got this uh, job at this finance company, I started in a customer facing role. And now I work in the back end. Now I do like uh, um, innovation and research. But I started, I went in entry level as like a customer representative. And they would be more likely to hire a white woman than a black man. So they hired me. <laughs> And your name there is Ravi Double B I. Yep. And so they don't know. The only people who know my name are the two ladies who work in HR, and they can't tell anybody. So worked out great. So, and you never have to deal with someone sending you because there's always that awkwardness when you like work with someone and they send you a social media request. That never happens with you. Does anybody yeah, because ever they say, can't find me? Is anyone ever like? Wow, you're not on Instagram. I was gonna follow you. That has never well, happened. Some, no, sometimes they ask. I was like, "Oh, what's your Instagram?" I was like, "Oh, I don't use it, and it's fine." Because they can't find you. Yeah, because obvious. and like a lot of a lot of people who work in finance don't anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like a, a lot of people just aren't on, especially like straight white men. A lot of them aren't on social media at all. But they're all on Hinge. Yeah. <laughs> have you seen them? I have. We don't usually match. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm usually their type. <laughs> I can't say that they're not mine. I know that they're not, but I can't really say it. Nope. I get the goofballs. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, my God. So that's my story. Now I'm just uh, hanging out working in my job making cash make, making things happen making things happen being out of debt finally get to live alone for the first time in my life because i can afford it now i would have never been able to afford it writing so so where does housewives feature into what is that outlet that housewives is giving to you well i still use it 
for the same reason. It's because I grew up on soap operas. (laughs) So, and I missed that spot where I get a nice serial continuation of the same women year after year after year. Like I love when they know each other and Mm. we get the same ones because, you know, when you're on Twitter and stuff like that, everybody's like, Oh, she's boring. She needs to be fired and all that kind of stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, well, that's what I want because she is integrated into this cast. I don't want you to bring some random person who has no connection to the cast just to come on and fight. Like I, even though like Cynthia wasn't bringing a lot, I miss Cynthia on Atlanta. Mm. It is this missing piece of connectivity that we only have through candy now. And candy just doesn't care. (laughs) So, so I miss, I miss stuff like that when they change it up too much. It's like, mm, I think that's probably why Potomac is my favorite cast because they've kept the same four sisterhood of the traveling mm-hmm. Vanessa Williamses for seven <laughs> seasons in a row. Now that is crazy. And it has all, it has worked since the first season. Yep. It never doesn't work. And, and you know, the same trolls on Twitter are like, oh, fire Robin. She doesn't bring anything. Fire Giselle. She doesn't bring anything. She's I'm like, got those hats. Yeah. I'm like, what? And the bad fashion. Yes. Like, I, what do you want out of the show? Do you just want somebody to come on? If you want Monique and Candace every season? I didn't like that. I like them sitting around sniping at each other, throwing light shade, you know, having man problems. Like, that's what I want to see. I don't need the dramatics. I want to see people who know each other living their lives, which is what Housewives was in the beginning. But now, you know, we're so many years removed from the beginning of what Housewives was. Mm -hmm. And now everybody just wants dramatics. Like, you know, they just want people fighting, screaming and all that stuff. And I'm just like, that is not calming to me. Well, I can't think of anything less calming than this week in Housewives content, but it does make me wonder your thoughts about the Atlanta finale, noting from a continuity perspective, I mean, we had Apollo, we had season one OG, Deshaun Snow. I did not need Apollo Married to med ladies, we had some doctors in the house, Quad was... Well, popped the, up on screen for the a best second. thing about atlanta is that atlanta is so small and rich black atlanta is mm-hmm. so small that they all show up in all of each other's shows and i love them for it dr jackie has been on more shows than any <laughs> single person in the history of reality tv she shows up on everybody's show because every <sighs> rich uterus in atlanta goes to dr jackie why not dr simone simone has they the slightly to- less than rich you know like Jackie has the rich ones. Jackie has like literal Black Hollywood right. is in her office but, every day. But every how often day. do you see Simone working? They never show clips of Simone no, in the office. They show they no, show clips of Simone in Jackie's office. <laughs> <laughs> they do not show clips of Simone in her office. Love of my life, Doctor Simone. I love Doctor Simone. She's, she's in my so top great. five housewives. She's not a housewife. I do not care. She's in my top five. I would agree with that. Simone would also be in my top five housewives. I would agree. I love my single favorite reality TV show moment. Well, second favorite. My second favorite reality TV show moment of all time was that reunion yes. where they got back together. It was the Simone realest and thing, and you can the realest shit, as right? Andy said. And you can only get that because some of them have known each other for twenty years. Jackie, right. So. Even heavenly crying. Yeah. Everybody like banded around them like it takes a village and like this community is supporting this marriage. And I was like, yes, this is great TV. So that is top tier number two spot 
What was your number one? My number one spot is from Real World New Orleans, where <laughs> Melissa was giving her confessional oh because everybody was sleeping in each other's beds and they kept trying to climb into her bed. And at the end, she's like, I got a Mormon on the left and a naked gay man on the right. <laughs> Everybody else in the house is having sex. It is just the, the best confessional ever. So that was my number one. And my number three was when Nadia won Great British Bake Off and made Mary Berry cry. Spoiler alert. Why did Mary Berry cry? I have only seen one season. Of okay, it. so that's the best one. It's like season. It's Why did old. Mary Berry cry? Because she was touched too. Like everybody fell oh. in love with this 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 tiny little brown Muslim woman in her hijab mm. who had never even taken the subway by herself oh and was God. pushed to audition Enter, by okay. her husband. And <gasps> they were husband. in arranged marriage. Oh, my God. So everything about that was just so beautiful because, like, you have this, you know, traditional Muslim couple arranged mm. marriage and this really talented woman. And the man is like, go nurture your talent. You can do this. I love that. And so she did. She doubted herself every week. What's her name, Nadia? Nadia. Okay, Nadia I need to watch her, that season. And she doubted herself every week. And then when she won, everybody felt it. And so that's the only time Mary Berry ever showed any emotion. I tear up every time I see it. What about Paul Hollywood? Oh, I don't remember what was he was he like, doing. Not uh, even. <laughs> like, he, was, he, was, he was around. He was there. Whatever. Fuck him. <laughs> yep, that was great. Highly suggest you go and watch that okay, season. Okay, I will. Mm -hmm. I'm not. I... It's good for the soul. I know. I think that's the problem is that like it was so that you touching. you have no soul? Probably. Okay. No, it was that it was so touching that I was like, this is too, I can't be emotional. Like I need to <laughs> disassociate in some way with select, with times in my life in reality TV, there's a time and a place to like feel happy. And I was like, this is not the time for me. So I, I did watch, I watched at least one season of it. And then I was like, no more. I is anything making you happy in Housewives universe? <laughs> Everything is so no, it's dark. Very dark. It's a struggle to communicate, and I've been writing about some of the very dark. I've seen it, and that makes it more of a struggle because then it feels like. And then when I Instagram story when I'm watching Housewives, that makes it more of a struggle because in real time, not literally when episodes air, because I fucking wait mm -hmm. until as late as possible to watch episodes, but. I'm watching BH. I'm losing my mind about a scene. I communicate that on Instagram and then I sort of vent it out and then get into a state of needing to protect my soul. So I might not note the things that upset me on the pod because I've communicated on social or I've written about it and then I'm like done. But then people associate me with the darkness. So then I get <laughs> a lot of people darkness. reaching out with like updates of dark things. Yeah. Cause once you, once you become That's that my brand person now and I don't, I yep. don't, I didn't, I thought my brand was just like having a fucking mouth. That was my brand politically. So then this anytime something bad happened, people were in my DMS like, Oh, did you see this story in North yeah. Carolina? That blah, blah, blah. I was like, well, I seen it now. I guess I have to comment. <laughs> I mean that but that becomes it becomes a little difficult because the point of talking about housewives wasn't to only remain in a place of darkness but if that is all that they are giving to us or if, if that's all that a lot of us are focusing on mm -hmm. but we're being told this is light then I don't know how to process that and I think that's been a difficulty. Even the production of Beverly Hills is serious. Like when you contrast how the earlier seasons mm. were shot and, you know, done with these, it's like 
you're trying to make prestige reality TV a thing. That's what it feels like. I was like, it feels very heavy handed the way the mm. show is put together now. And I was like, I need a lighter touch to come in here and be less heavy all the time. Because even the fights, the way you edit a fight, it can be a good fight and it can be less serious like like give it a different music give it a different tone like cut it differently shoot it differently um because i just feel like they keep having these really dark fights on that show um and it's kind of a casting problem too <laughs> like, like, like you you've cast people who just want to bully one person it's like we're gonna pick someone and we're just gonna bully them and not hear any sense other than that and that's never fun how much of that is casting versus orientation though what do you mean versus orientation like they look at diana she's got a billion dollars not not literal but like bajillion (laughs) um and she's coming on the show and she might have you know uh, some sort of society-esque friendship or association with someone which leads the way into the circle but it does feel like and and I don't mean honestly even to isolate Diana except she seems the most obvious and potentially egregious example of like okay where you're making friends with Rinna and Erica they're both going to orient you yes I don't know what what word do you want to use let's go with that one (laughs) brain um they're both going to counsel you on their perspective of who these people are so like how much of that is the casting process versus how much of that is the onboarding i would say well also i think orientate Orient. (laughs) (laughs) what is the word what is the word i think that so i'm i'm of two minds here when they go casting Mm. because on the one hand i like an eccentric rich person who doesn't know what's going on love that that can be so fun love, love, love that. a quirk love a quirk bajillionaire love that but then you get the diana effect where like this person who is coming in blind who does clearly does not watch the show mm. has come in and been inducted into like the group of like the most powerful personalities or like the longest tenured people are trying to like, oh, you need to be on our side. Like, we're the good side. And this and is so, also how you do it. Right. By calling people cunts, exactly. by laughing at people, by showing no mercy. That is the So on the one side, there's that. But then on the other side, I like when fans get cast because I like Jennifer and Jackie on New Jersey. Mm. They had watched the show. They already knew who they liked and didn't like. Like, they knew who they were going to be in front of the cameras. Diana had no idea who she was going to be in front of the cameras. So she was taught who to be in front of the cameras. When you have people who watch the show come on the show, they already know who they're going to be. Like, they're like, oh, if I was in that scene, I would have X, Y, Z. You know, so there's a a double-edged sword because, like, you know, you get people, if they're fans, they might overproduce themselves and not be authentic or whatever. But on the other side, if you get somebody who has never seen the show and they have a weak personality then they're just going to be railroaded into, you know, the club of who is popular or been there the longest because they don't want to cross anybody. They don't want to step on any toes, like that kind of thing. Like somebody who has never watched a show is not going to get on there and fight with the person who's been on there since the beginning, right? Mm -hmm. Somebody who has watched the show and does not like Teresa, like Jackie, has no problem fighting with Teresa. It's like, this is fine. Like, this makes good TV as well. Like she's a fan and she knows how it works. So 
so how does that I mean, you couldn't even draw that parallel to coming after Caroline Stanberry on Dubai, like the Lisa effect. I want to I want to effect. <laughs> I want to see that fully conversed in the next episode about them trying to get her off the show. Like the I, next episode or the next season? No, the next episode. Because oh, in the, the reunion? reunion, yeah, they're they're talking about how they were like gonna gang up against Caroline and mm, get her off the show right. kind of thing. I wanna see that fully come out. I think that's a <laughs> great conversation. And like Lisa's not a stranger to reality TV. She was on College Hill, Miami. She's done this before as well. People don't remember that, but black people remember that she was on College Hill, Miami. And she used to get made fun of by that cast because she was like bougie and like pretending to be like, you know, uh, like hoity toity. And now she is rich in Dubai. So who really won? But (laughs) and how did she do on the show? Obviously, not necessarily. I mean, it was just like like, talking with her or the the cast. How did she perform? Did she she perform? She was just herself. She was like, I am hoity toity. Mm. Like, all right, well, then go with that. And now she can back it up. So good for her. Oh, my God. Um, But, yeah, I feel like Dubai was cast really well. Really? <laughs> I think it was cast well because you have people who are genuinely friends with each other. Okay. And you have people who are frenemies, which makes for a great show, like a little Giselle Karen moment where you can be friends one moment and hate each other the next. That whole Ion and Caroline Brooks where they fight and make up in the same scene. Mm-hmm. I love that because, you know, they clearly like each other and respect each other and they get on each other's fucking nerves. <laughs> Wait, are you telling me you're enjoying Dubai? I sure am. I love that for you. I think it is. I thought it was nice and light. And even the, like the heavy parts were super heavy. I mean, Chanel and her childhood right. and her relationship with her father and everything. But with extremely sister. important. Like, extremely you know what? Important. Let's talk about it. Like, that is a thing that happened. And, you know, even like Sarah talking about her two marriages and like, mm. you know, how they weren't accepted. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. divorcing is a big struggle and all of that. I'm like, yeah, let, let's talk about that. Let's get these different perspectives because Dubai is a melting pot. So let's get people from all over the place. <laughs> like, I think it is a good first season of housewives and I'm looking forward to the second season. I want to see what they're going to do next. And I want Chanel on everybody's cast. <laughs> Like, I just want her to show up. I hope she has New Jersey cameos because after she went to Teresa's wedding, she, she didn't leave New Jersey for like two weeks. I <laughs> think she stayed and like hung out. I, she did. She was in pictures with everybody. I'm like, yes, put Chanel on everybody's cast for about two weeks just to be Chanel. <laughs> I also have to say she apologized in some not like apology apology but was like and I didn't have a big outfit because I wasn't planning to attend like the invitation came last minute from mm-hmm. like <laughs> right. whoever sent it but I thought she looked chic AF like she had like a little Chanel or yep. whatever it was like a YSL bag that was like a little crossbody there was like a black tuxedo jacket moment I want to say like an X like an extra long I thought she looked she always spectacular. Looks, she always looks she fabulous always looks like she's going to the Oscars so for, which to is see great. Her, but, which is great, but to see her in her eyes or in the eyes that she expects us to have based on how she has dressed mm-hmm. so far on Dubai in that kind of look was fabulous. I thought she looked phenomenal. I think I was she extremely is, into it. She is one of the best casting choices that Housewives has ever made because she is just the right amount of like delusional and like mm-hmm. like defensive uh-huh. without being unlikable. Because 
she is super defensive and she gets annoying when she gets on that hamster wheel in her head right. where she believes somebody said something bad about her. You know where it comes from. It comes from like abandonment issues and sure. like all her childhood trauma. But like she'll get on the hamster wheel and can't get off. But I'm like, she can't be a perfect housewife. Like she like that would be a boring cat. Like she needs things that people don't like about her. So she will have conflicts and drama. If there was nothing that people didn't like about her, she would just be in fabulous outfits talking about how great she is all the time. That's not fun. <laughs> so how do you think she'll do on a second season? I don't know because she's going to watch herself this back. It's going to be tight. Now yep. she has got, she's got a lot of fans yep. now. She's got a lot of people telling her how great she is. So she will either ramp it up Yeesh. or stay the course. Yeah, ramping it up would be tough. Would be terrible. That would be tough. Because she is at the limit. You can't go any further into how great you are and how delusional you are you cannot go any further than that you are at the limit of where you need to be so and then conversely you have caroline stanberry where it's like i don't need, wake up i don't need service. her at all <laughs> like, <laughs> it's time to start filming like, like i don't need her and i don't need um miss french fries fruitcake company i can't nina, remember her name which nina i can't get over the french fry thing because you know she thought it was a moment and i was like you know better than this this is not funny it's not entertaining they're fries you can get them when you get home right like and she's like uh, even at the reunion she ordered fries and mac and cheese i'm like okay ricketts like eat a vegetable <laughs> <laughs> It's awful. So, yeah, French no. fries are not a personality. No. Well, she tried Even to make the Even when you add word. truffle. Even when you add truffle, it's just not giving what you think it is. So I don't really need her. But Caroline you know, or Nina? I don't need either one of them. Okay, great. I don't need either one of them. I don't wow. think either one of them, like, uh, Caroline did bring something to the show. I just don't like her. Okay. So. Did you like her on Ladies of London? Did I didn't you watch, watch Ladies of London. Okay. Did you watch Ladies of London? Yeah, I've, I've seen it multiple times. Oh, wow. Is that good? Um, yeah, but she was always, it was a conversation I had, um, as a conversation I've had on AG multiple times, which is the idea that like everybody wanted, and I talked to Caroline about this when she came on AG, everybody, well prior to Dubai, everybody wanted Caroline to join Housewives because she felt like such a housewife. Oh. But the thing that people either forgot or neglected to remind themselves was that she was never the protagonist. She was always the antagonist on Ladies of London and with the cast at least. And I think in some ways for good reason. So when she joined Dubai, I think people thought she was going to be like Bethany breakout before Bethany got famous of like sort of the America's Sweetheart vibe. And that has never been Caroline. <laughs> She's always been the, per- the pill She's always fighting. been a little brittle. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> and it's like a part of that British upper crust. And and what's interesting in watching her on Dubai is I do see her putting in some emotional labor and trying to de-escalate, which I appreciate. Like mm-hmm. I, I see her doing things in a way that make me think that like she's grown she's a definitely a mature woman in the in every great sense of the word in how she has matured in her responses to things which I think is great but I just don't know how great it is when it seems like she doesn't necessarily want to film with these people that yeah. is a hindrance <laughs> <laughs> yeah that is kind TV. of like if you don't want to do your job then it comes across that you don't want to do your job so I don't really need her. I when I was going into Dubai, I thought she was like the central cast member, mm-hmm. and they were building the cast around her. Like mm-hmm. that's what I thought. Um, I mean, that's what everybody thought. Yeah. So I'm I'm glad that you know other people have broken out to shine instead, because 
I don't really need much of her or her Mm -hmm. dumb husband who doesn't know how the female reproductive system works in any way whatsoever. What was that? I know what was played for a joke, but like the idea that he thought you could take a baby out and just put it in somebody else halfway through was is actually concerning. It is asinine and it's ridiculous how little... He understands men in general. It is ridiculous how little men in general I mean, know about any of that. I mean, they still haven't found a way to give a lady a good right. time. So. It is ridiculous. Like I saw this tweet the other day, the, like from this female engineer talking about like her coworker was asking, "How do oh, women um, pee with a tampon in?" Right. Exactly. I'm like, oh, this is ridiculous that. The, uh, there is a whole medical specialty devoted to it and you can't give me the basics. Like it is really concerning, but you know, I think he's indicative of most men. Like they don't have any idea what's going on. And if you start talking about it, it's like, I don't want to hear that. That's, that's gross. So I am excited to hear her talk more about where the money is coming from. Cause they're on, I have seen, multiple 45 star honeymoon trips take place like every time they go on vacation i'm like i will never be able to afford the plane to the place that they're going to let alone the actual experience which i'm obsessed with i love talking about like following influencer Mm -hmm. journeys and people who are living their best lives there's nothing i find more engaging than trying to understand the mechanics and financial responsibilities well, or lack thereof behind some of this. She's I love probably it. like, you know, going and then posting about it so she doesn't have to pay for the for the accommodations. I mean, that's what I want them to get into more of it. I want to understand more of it because it just everything is so fabulous. Yeah. And this is the whole Luann. It's the Luann Accord. If I this is I, I guess this is me, <laughs> but like if I had whatever settlement that I had and I knew that that would go away from whomever I was married to before, if I remarried, I, I wouldn't get married again. Oh, absolutely not. Luann doing that to marry Tom when she had the count cash coming in couldn't be me. Nope. So for Caroline to divorce her financier husband who who did did very well did she have the same deal like the money's cut off when you get married i think that's just the legal thing well i didn't know if she was getting a bunch of money was she getting a bunch of money i mean i think you do get spousal support and that spousal support is no longer that spousal support not like the children stuff but like spousal support goes away yeah it goes away when you get married but if you were getting it like i don't know like was she getting spousal support so but i also have absolutely no idea brooks wasn't caroline brooks wasn't getting spousal support yeah some of that stuff i mean in portia when portia got divorced she was like i don't want a penny yeah so some couldn't be me Some people leave and I'm like, all right, I'm not going to take any of this money. So, I don't and really sometimes know. it works out, and sometimes it doesn't. I mm-hmm. mean, Caroline Brooks's marriage, the way that that was communicated on the reunion was more specific than it was during the season. Right, I didn't realize that it was that that it was so abusive. I thought it was just kind of like an annoying marriage where he like yells at you or mm. isn't around. I didn't realize that she was being like physically abused and stuff like that. I didn't realize it was so violent. Oh, the way that she was talking about it during the season when she was very delicate and how she was communicating what happened, all of my alerts went off where I was like, this is serious. This is very serious. Mm -hmm. And there's a level of volatility, but this way exceeds that. And the way that she communicated him even expressing remorse, like the idea behind that of like, you would think, 
surely this person is remorseful from for being abusive during but that isn't the case yeah like it's if you were if you were an abuser then unless something in you has changed Mm. then why would you be remorseful for something you had no problem doing right so i think that maybe because he agreed to come on the show and have that conversation right i wonder if there was further conversation where she felt like she was allowed to say what she said at the reunion. Right. Because, you know, she was tiptoeing around it and you caught onto it. I didn't. But he came onto the show and apologized. So I wonder if there was like even more conversation after that. And so she felt comfortable saying it at the reunion. I mean, she went into more detail in the reunion of like her mom paying for a plane ticket to fly her out of, I want to say Serbia. Serbia. But during the season, she talked about the ways that her mom was aware of what was going on at stuff where I was like, oh, something really bad happened. And it made me nervous for her. And it also made me curious if she would share more, understanding that she has every right not to. Mm-hmm. But she, there was a door being opened here to, to saying without saying something very, very intense and serious took place. And the their healing separately together that has brought them to the place of being able to co-parent in the way that they are and like work and work together and film together and it's good it's impressive it is it's very impressive so great season huh (laughs) (laughs) look at all these props that you just gave dubai i think i've talked about dubai the whole season so why don't the people don't like it i don't care i think it is a bright spot in the darkness (laughs) But the problem is that darkness is so overwhelming. And when you have so much darkness where you're like, this is taking up all the oxygen in the room and maybe it was produced in order to do that, it's tough to be like, but Dubai is nice because we have a shit storm. It's like even Atlanta has barely been discussed on AG for a while because even two episodes a week because Beverly Hills is like and now you're laughing and calling her a cunt and now you're like telling her that she's a piece of shit for hiding miscarriages like it's a fucking receipt from Bergdorf like I don't even understand what's happening it's like how do you not talk about that I mean you're watching terrible women be terrible to each other so sometimes I want to watch nicer women be nicer to each other I don't see a problem with compartmentalizing and was like okay so beverly hills is on its shitty little island the same way the oc was on its shitty little island with kelly dodd that didn't mean that i wasn't enjoying my other shows it was like i was still able to enjoy the other shows maybe i'm not as great as at compartmentalizing because i feel such anger about well, you're also deeper into it now than you were back then because back then you weren't necessarily writing <laughs> long form about the bad things. Like now yeah. you're fully enmeshed in the bad place. Yeah. And so everything revolves out. around the bad place. I'm like, no, like there have always been times where something terrible was happening on Housewives. Okay. But the deeper you go into it and focus on it, then it becomes the entire conversation because yeah we're talking about very serious issues and these women being very terrible to each other but i don't necessarily think that these women ganging up on sutton to bully her is necessarily worse than michael darby repeatedly committing sexual assaults and we were still able to enjoy potomac 
So that's gonna take me a second. (laughs) (laughs) I never thought of comparing the two. Well, I don't want to like make a comparison. I'm just saying like terrible things are always happening in the other cities. But the more you have a way to compartmentalize until you get once you start digging into it, you get stuck. The only person at that point who was defending Michael was Michael and Ashley. (laughs) And and I don't entirely need to have a conversation about that, but like, but with Beverly Hills, it's the idea that the other women in the, nobody in the cast was like, Michael seems like a great guy. It's the other women in the cast during the show and during the after show, which I just watched before you arrived and was like, Ooh, I wish that hadn't been a choice that I made. But like where the other women in the cast are, Dorit is saying, Oh my God, it was so, hard for Diana and I know it looks like she was a bad person but she was actually the greatest most graceful person calling her a con and Erica's there beaming it's the best moment and best after show of her fucking life um you know that makes it tough there's a difference to me between everyone recognizing someone's poor behavior including probably their wife and and probably mm-hmm. that person versus a, a, a the plot of an entire season and maybe the structure and spirit of a cast itself being based on the idea that there is a majority rule supporting Diana gaslighting and there, there's a majority else. rule because they, it, once you get like a couple of people a couple of That's like leaders and then everybody H. will just fall in line behind them because these are all like weak personalities like they'll just fall in line whether they agree or not because you know like Garcelle is the only one who's going to sit and talk and, you know, stand on her own two feet. Mm. Um, like that doesn't mean necessarily that I think that Crystal is a terrible person. She just does not have a personality that's strong enough to stand up and talk beside Garcelle. So she gets to maybe just- she doesn't agree, though. I think she probably agrees. She looked horrified in the scene, but on the after show, she was like, well, just to give another perspective, Sutton like kind of sucks. And I was like, this isn't what we need right now. This isn't what we need. Well, to be fair, Sutton does suck. I do not like Sutton at all. And that's why I'm annoyed with Beverly Hills. Because Beverly Hills, Beverly Hills is making me defend somebody I do not like. And like, I don't want to be on Sutton's side because I do not like this woman. And I have never liked this woman. She reminds me of so many Charleston women that I grew Mm. up with going to boarding school and their moms coming to pick them up. Like that's who Sutton was. Like I went to boarding school in South Carolina and there were like Sutton was the moms that would come and pick their kids up on the weekends. It's so many flashbacks whenever I hear her talk and whenever I hear her talk about, oh, my friends had had my kids had friends of all colors i'm like yeah i've heard all of this growing up so i will never like that woman (laughs) ever but you know right is right and you don't sit around and bully somebody like you know so i don't like the bullying and i don't so that's my biggest problem is that these terrible women are making me defend the person on the cast that i don't like don't do that to me like help me defend somebody else (laughs) incredibly unfair question noting that but like if you had to say who you dislike the most on the cast erica okay (laughs) (laughs) you don't even have to finish okay erica is one of my like bottom three housewives of all time tell me everything like she is the so um teresa will always be my least favorite okay i don't think i don't think anybody will ever take teresa's crown for me Never liked her. Well, it would her. be hard to because it's in all that hair. Right. I liked season one, Teresa. Okay. Because she was only stupid. Bubbies. Yes. But then she became stupid and malicious. And I don't like that. Like, okay. if you're going to be stupid, be nice. If you're going to be malicious, 
be smart so you can give a good argument. That's yeah. what makes malicious people fun to watch is when they're smart enough to look nice. Or to make a convincing argument yeah. and have like a discussion that makes sense. Teresa's too stupid to be entertaining when she's fighting. I'm like, well, stop fighting and just be stupid. But she can't do it. So Teresa will always be at the bottom. Um, is I'm Ramona? So glad you're here right now, this is, is everything I've is, ever needed in my entire life. Is Ramona life. my other one? I can't remember. I sort of block out the bad people. So I think Ramona's probably. Ramona's definitely down there. Ciao, AGs. I am speaking to you right now from Rome, Italy, where I am having a little bit of a European adventure. While I love the city and have had so many unique experiences to historical sites, the Vatican, we went to the Pantheon earlier today, there was a little bit of a hiccup in the apartment that we're staying in. And while I really enjoyed getting to know Fabrizio, the owner of the flat, there was a little bit of a language barrier because I unfortunately do not speak any Italian, even though I have watched The Sopranos all the way through at least three times. And this is where Rosetta Stone comes in. What would have helped me enormously in traveling abroad would have been brushing up, also known as entirely learning, the language of Italian. It could have broken down barriers and conversation with Fabrizio. And I also think speaking the language of the place that you're in is a sign of respect to the locals. It's also the ability to fully immerse yourself in the experience. And me not knowing any Italian, apologies to my grandpa Reno, who did make pizza from scratch, it would have been an incredible and even more incredible memorable experience. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, that's right, German, Chinese, and even more. Rosetta Stone immerses you in so many ways. There are no English translations, so you can really learn, listen, and think in that language you want to learn. It's designed for long-term retention, which is especially helpful for me because while this is my first trip to Italy, I really truly hope it won't be my last. The lifetime membership that Rosetta Stone offers has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses that Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. Ciao. Hey, AGs. Are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home, just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villa Rosa, obvs. Introducing Home Threads, where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. Chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves and always at the best value. Unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at windows, perhaps. 
Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkel's clad 10-piece stainless steel cookware set in silver that I got along with a two-piece stainless steel ceramic nonstick fry set from Zwilling thanks to Home Threads. It makes me feel like I am finally ready to be a top chef one egg over easy at a time. They're gorgeous. They look great in the apartment. For someone like me who lives in New York City which with a very small space, what I have in my kitchen is important because guests who come to visit me see it. And I'm so, so thankful to have discovered Home Threads because now I feel fully prepared to make eggs a la Francaise. Head over to HomeThreads.com today and live your best Real Housewives life. Go to HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. HomeThreads, love where you live. And where does Erica factor into this? Oh, she. This? I, I gave her like the third worst. That's where I gave her. And so, how does? Can you extrapolate on that? So, Erica, I actually really enjoyed Erica coming onto the I mean, show. Who didn't? It was such a breath of fresh Absolutely. air. Absolutely, totally such, agree. Such totally a agree. breath of fresh air. Um, but Erica is such a narcissist that she can't see outside of herself. So, any other person, I feel like, in that situation where your husband did something i and i'm giving her like so much grace yeah you know so i'm giving her all the grace that she is grace and allowance yes so i'm like if you're in this position where your husband has done all these terrible things and has taken all of this money then you unless you are a crappy person you do not fight the lawyers trying to get the money back Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying so like if i am sitting on millions of dollars that were given to me by my husband because he stole them from people who really needed it. I'm not going to court to keep the money. That is ridiculous to me. Like you are fighting to to hold on to this money that came from people who needed it. That is ridiculous. Who and, also owned it. Right. And then she, you know, is so defensive about it and so angry that anybody would have a different point of view on something that's very commonplace to anybody with a heart. Anybody who is Mm -hmm. compassionate in any way would be able to sit and have a conversation, a calm conversation, and she can't. She's just yelling, screaming, being vindictive. Even her, like, tagline. The way she delivers it is just like the most unlikable delivery of a tagline. I think in Housewives history, I have nothing to hide and nothing to lose. I'm like, (laughs) what are you doing? Like, is this Hamlet? What are you trying to do? She's Mm. like eating the words. I'm just like, ugh. She just makes my skin crawl. And the scene, the spoiler, the teaser, whatever you want to say for next for this week's episode is like. It's very that. It's like you are being upset that people are thinking about the victims of your husband instead of thinking about you. And the reaction from Kyle and Rinna specifically in the moment is like, it's so shocking for them that they actually might broke character for a moment. They did for a second, but it's not <laughs> you're wrong. It's don't do this because right. then I can't defend you exactly. as a friend. Don't do this because it makes me, me look, look bad, bad because I'm mm-hmm. so closely aligned with you. It's not, 
this is wrong. This is the way to the wrong way to think. It's, it's don't like, think this is it making a bad show for us. Like, that's what it is. It's not you're being a bad person is that you're making a bad show right now because now we can't be on your team. Like, mm, boo. So Erica's terrible. Erica has sent us down this road of destruction and despair. <laughs> Without Erica going through all of this, everybody wouldn't be bullying Sutton right now because they would have had no reason to turn against her. Like the reason that they can all gang up against Sutton is because she was the only one really giving it to Erica. And since they all have to be up under Erica's butt, that gives them, you know, the, the start of being able to bully Sutton. I don't think Sutton would be in this position where everybody hates her if not for Erica. If it wasn't Sutton because of this, I think it would have been Sutton for some for something else or Garcelle. But I think they other the they other someone who's not in the in the Fox Force majority. They just do. It's a numbers game. Yeah, but I feel like maybe you have a way out if you have not gone up against one of them mm. you know what i'm saying like mm -hmm. you have decided to take the most sensitive issue on the show and take a position that is contrary to the rest of the cast so i'm like this is the storyline like erica is the storyline of the show and you are not towing the line of the storyline of the show so we're gonna bully you i don't think that she would be facing it to this level if Erica hadn't been the person or like, you know, to, to be the center of the storyline. And where does Rinna factor into that for you? I don't know. She's in the garbage somewhere doing something. I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> like uh, Rinna has, has shown who she was since the first season with Yolanda. Like, mm. like Yolanda called her out from the very beginning. It's like, you're inauthentic and I can't trust you. Like that's who she's always been. That's who she will continue. But now it's like she has become defensive because the public is no longer on her side. I feel like Rena got away with a lot because she had a lot of people who liked that she stirred the pot mm -hmm. because like, oh, you're keeping it going. Like, yeah, I wouldn't want to hang out with you. I'm not going to tell you any secrets, da, 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 but you're keeping the show going. You're entertaining to watch. But now she has, you know fallen into la la land like oh this is all happening because vanderpump i'm like what kind of delusion is that like nobody can support you now like i'm, I'm gonna take a page out of cal's book renna i can't defend you <laughs> you're making a bad show i mean how can the show defend her i don't me. i don't know what's gonna happen with the casting next but she'll be there I don't think she's going anywhere. That's what Bryce Sanders said on the last AG. I don't think she's he going anywhere. He said it's anywhere. hers to quit, and she's never going to. And this is me adding, she's never going to leave. No. Yeah, she has no reason to leave. She's having a great time, and yeah, she's she'll be there. But if you're the show, and she's gone on social media accusing her show's producer of somehow being behind a targeted bot attack against Garcelle's son, how do you continue... What's that conversation I, like? I cast the producer. I cast the producer as a friend, put them in front of the camera, because now we've gotten to the point where we just break the fourth wall all the time. Make production part of the story. Just do it. Make production part of the story, because if Rena wants to make production part of the story, then let's make production part of the story. 
Like, I have no problem with that. I mean, Todd is married to Candy. They've been married for years and years and years, and he has brought in the production mm. on the reunion, talking about how Marlo and her bags and being thirsty, like, that has now been become part of the story. Right. Because we've been on long enough to where some of the producers are part of the story. And, you know, mm. it's not unprecedented for a producer to be a storyline. Let's go back to real world Seattle, David in the car, Kira, I oh. love you. Like you produ- I'm already coughing. <laughs> like, so I have something in my throat, but that's going to take me out. No, I'm just like production has I have always never been, been so attracted a- to a man as Kira. I love you. Right. Which says a whole you don't lot. even know. It oh, kills God. me. Yeah. Production has always been part of this, of Where these stories. He? Where is he? I don't know. I don't want to look. I mean, where was he on January 6th? No, 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 (laughs) no. Could be. No, maybe his compadre from the training. But not, no, not him, not David. You refuse to believe it? Absolutely not. And I have looked him up and I think he's Oh, you think he's a good person? All right. Yeah. He's in advertising? Shut up. No. Mm. Shut fuck up. Mm. No, I the love that I have. I think he's like a normal person now, which is fine. Okay, well, I'm going to look him up. So am I. I'm going to do it again. <laughs> Say, David, you have a comment? I'll give you I my know. cell phone. I got, I got future vibes from him. Like, if you if you rewatch any <laughs> real what world. future vibes? You know, like, when you're young, everybody is the same. You know, it doesn't matter. And then when you get older and you rewatch these things. And you're like, from oh, back, I see what yeah. this person would have like, turned oh into. God. Yep. <laughs> No, David. David is a so watch it again. No, I can't. I don't want you to ruin this for me. But yeah, production. <laughs> let production be part of the story. If she wants production to be part of the story, let it be part the of the story. The executive producer or whatever his title is, I think it's. I assume what whomever showrunner is not going to appear in a chair at the reunion and be like, "This is a lie." I think it, Andy's going to say. Andy's going to reference it or not, probably in conversation with that producer of like, do we want to give it more air? Yeah, As of right now, the only people who know about it. Because we all know it's ridiculous. Everybody watching the show knows it's ridiculous. So make Rena confront how ridiculous it is. Nobody believes her. Well, I don't. Do you? No, but okay. I, think <laughs> I don't think anybody believes her. No, but there's something odd in talking about the conspiracy theories that I think in some ways supports her because it's giving it more air. I don't have an answer around it. I think it's insane that it happened, but I also think so is Rinna, most of Rinna's behavior this season. But she has a way of saying, of putting an outlandish band-aid on everything by being like, oh, well, I'm crazy or oh my God, I'm so out of it or whatever the excuse or reason is where she won't talk specifics. And I wonder how approaching her through the lens of specifics when it's applicable to the biggest conspiracy theories that she's <laughs> espoused on social, even in the last week, what that does for her. It makes her look stupid. That's what it does for her. But isn't she going to look stupid anyway? It make her look stupider then. Like, <laughs> like make her look dumber. Like, I don't see any drawbacks to this at all because it is a shot in the dark. It's a Hail Mary from this lady. Like, yeah, just make her face up to it. Well, the reality is that she's probably going to bring up some of it herself because she has been very loud on social media for a while in saying that, you know, the reason people may not see things from whatever happens with Kathy is because it's attached to a major conspiracy with the show itself to support Kathy Hilton. <laughs> I guess she hasn't seen any other prior season of BH, which wouldn't necessarily support that idea. But it does lead a person down a weird path 
because she has tried to connect the dots for viewers and saying, if my experience of what I'm going to tell you happened doesn't line up with actual footage, know that it still happened. It's just that the show is working against me to protect <laughs> she, someone else. She's, she's, she's this mean, you know which one? <laughs> she's that one with the with the strings, all of the th Like, that's what she's doing. And it's ridiculous. I was like, I, I feel like they should just maybe outright ask her in the producer's chair who was like so why do you want to do the show anymore <laughs> like like ask that like you got all these problems with how the show is put together why are you on it why do you want to do it like say say it say it with your full chest like if the show is that terrible and you think that they're all against you and there's a whole conspiracy going on why would you want to be associated with something like that ask her Hey, when Andy puts on Twitter, what should I ask at the reunion? Did he already do that yet? Probably. <laughs> like, because those are great questions to ask, Andy. If you hate the show so much, why do you want to be on it? What would you ask Kyle? Um, I don't know what to ask Kyle. Like, Kyle does not even... Uh, I can't remember anything Kyle has done other than bring up conversations in awkward settings where people say, I don't want to talk about this right now. Like, that's just what she keeps doing all season where, where it's like, oh, we'll talk about this later. And then Kyle just decides to talk about it right then. Like at the toothless homeless table mm. where they're like, oh, we're not going to talk about this now. And then she just immediately starts talking about it. Like, that's all she's done all season. And she got, I watched the last like 12 minutes of the BH episode again before we recorded. And the way she yelled when she was like, I'm just trying to ask essentially Sutton questions. And oh, she got yeah, really that, upset. Yeah. <laughs> uh, when I watched it a second time, I was like, oh, this is clearly a reaction to Kathy. Because Kathy was one of the people being like, this doesn't matter. And it's Kyle saying, don't tell me how to do my job. Right. Like, this is the, th like, you do like, that with everything else in my show. life, but this is my show. And you're not going to tell me that something that I am doing is too much, even though it is quite apparent to that everyone it is too much. that Kathy was right. <laughs> Kathy was right. Kathy was on her meds that time. And Kathy. she read the room correctly. She was reading the room correctly, I think, a couple times during the app, which has to be awful for Kyle. Yep. And awful for us when we see what else Kathy's going to do. <laughs> and what do we and Kathy apparently like, I don't know what she could do to Kyle. That is so bad. Like if you're saying Kyle's a piece of shit, so are hundreds of thousands of other people. I know that it's your sister, but like, I thought us sisters were especially ruthless to each other. I don't have a sister. <laughs> I have a fish son. Well, I, I don't know. Um, let's see. Are there any friendly sisters on reality TV who, like, love each other and don't fight? I can't think of any sisters. <laughs> Are there any other sister combos currently? Well, no, sisters-in-law, obviously, New Jersey. Well, yeah, th yeah those don't count. So We've like, got, like, weird fake cousins, adult cousins on Salt Lake. But and that might not work out for them this season. Weird fake cousins. Well, they're they're cocktail party cousins. Yeah. They found out one yeah. day that they were distantly related, and now they're introduced to everyone. They were introduced to us as cousins. As cousins, but and they're so not I'm, cousins. So I'm like, oh, they grew up together. Like, no, they no, didn't. they're they're <laughs> genetically related cousins in quotes, but not cousins as in family. Cousins as in which? What's the fast food where it's like everyone goes their family? Olive Garden cousins. Uh, Olive Garden like they're cousins. they're family in the sense that every time they go to the Olive Garden. 
they're treated like family. They treat each other, but they're they're very good or and or were may their memory be a blessing. Very good friends. <laughs> yeah, they're not cousins. Yeah, I don't know any other like you know. I mean, Teresa and Kathy didn't work out great. Anybody Teresa's been related to hasn't worked out super well. Yeah, because it won't. <laughs> it's yeah, Teresa. I mean, it's tough. It's Teresa. It's tough when you're coming for the check. And I don't mean that in support of Teresa as much as like any dynamic that's already potentially awkward or tense is going to be magnified when a person feels like their thing is being taken away Mm -hmm. from them because they're not going to share it. Right. Because sharing it doesn't typically work out in reality TV either. I mean, it has worked out for Teresa for 10 years now. Not sharing has. No, sharing has because Melissa is still on the show. They're sharing. Not, <laughs> I mean, not by choice. Yeah, but still, it's it it did not dim Teresa's shine by having Melissa on the show. It made her more compelling to watch. It's going to be weird for Teresa to see her have to share it again with Louie now that they're married. Because she we hasn't we haven't seen her in that dynamic for a minute. And, and Louie, Louie seems to love the camera. Louie loves it. And he doesn't have a job because he got And he fired. can disagree with her. Sort of. When he disagreed with her at the reunion, I was like, <gasps> not a backbone. Not on this man. Oh. So we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, but he's a little warrior, that one. Sharing has worked out very well for Teresa. <laughs> like, it really has not worked out well for the Richards. The, no, it has not. <laughs> Which is going to be tough. I mean, like, I do think it's... I, I, I'm so curious. I'm so sort of jealous by your experience being able to compartmentalize, compartmentalize uh, BH because I feel like I've... I just don't have capacity for it. It just seeps into my marrow, and then I'm yeah, despondent I'm just, I'm for always, six I'm looking, days until I'm looking it happens forward, again. Looking forward to the new thing. Looking forward to Potomac. The trailer comes out, what, tomorrow? The day that this episode goes up, we Ugh. should be having a trailer, which I will unpack live on Patreon. Oh, my goodness. That cast photo. Gorgeous. So good. Ladies in red. So good. And then they just have... Kern in the middle, flanked by her daughters, Candace and <laughs> Ashley. It's so good. Ashley leaving Michael it's is gonna, the reward. It's so good. It's our reward for withstanding. Ashley has Michael. secured at like with with those divorce papers. She secured three more seasons because we have to have like the divorce fallout season. Then we'll mm-hmm. have the dating season, and mm-hmm. then she'll have the season where she gets married, and it's the season finale. Like she, we have three more years of Ashley Darby on the screen at least. Uh, she's not going anywhere. No. Like, unless she marries somebody who doesn't want to be on TV, she will be there on Potomac. She is such a good housewife. I feel like it's one of those things where you see with, especially with people with multiple marriages, and there's like the joke of like, you marry first for X and like the second time for Y and then the third time for whatever. Yeah, you marry the first time for money. Yeah. And the second time for, hmm, I guess maybe she'll do it for love. Is the second for love? I feel like the second's almost for revenge. Maybe the third for love. Um, I don't know. But like I think with Ashley, because we've never seen her quite obviously date or flirt. I want to so, see what her type is. So do I, because I don't I think see, it's Michael. Nope, I don't think I it's see, ever been Michael. I want to see who she's going to be flirting with going after. Like I feel like her and Giselle should go out on the town. <laughs> Oh, my God. Have we seen Giselle flirt? We've seen Giselle tell us she's flirting, but we've never actually seen the flirt take no, Giselle, place. No, Giselle thinks she's too pretty to flirt. Giselle wants to be flirted with. Like, she's that type of mm. person where she's not going to flirt because that shows interest, mm. and she expects 
all of God, you know that. yeah it's very it's very that it's a definite personality type that pretty girl who never had to work well sort born of beautiful yeah you born beautiful yeah. it's one of those personality types it was like no i never had to learn how to flirt yeah. she never had to learn how to flirt because the men were just falling at her feet <laughs> so can i ask you a completely unrelated question but i do want to get your thoughts on this okay marlo's journey as a housewife and oh you gave me eyes i know it's so disappointing and finale the the mom stuff i know i mean those are good things to see but marlo getting a peach Mm. is like one of the most disappointing housewives like fallouts Mm. because we all had we were so happy for her Mm -hmm. we had such high hopes we were all rooting for you. And she's just not good TV at all. She's not good. She is mean and immature. And it's tough to be both. Yep. And it's like, oh, this is not fun to watch. Her family drama is compelling. Mm-hmm. But it's like it takes a backseat to how terrible she is. But when you see her interact with her mom, it's like, oh, you can't really help yourself. Like, that's just. It was really, it honestly it's was so sad. opening into like who Marlo is as a person. It was like, oh, this is all, it, everything makes sense. Like we had heard, you know, that she was given up or ran away one or the other. Mm-hmm. Like we, we knew that the family dynamic was terrible, but seeing it in action is like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, it all makes sense. I don't want to see you on screen, but this is an explanation for why you are that way. And like your abandonment issues and always looking for acceptance and acting out all the time because like that, that fight with Candy on the bus Mm -hmm. where Candy's like, don't talk to me. And Marlo's very like eight year old, like candy, candy, candy. Mm -hmm. That's very much like reaching out for acceptance from a woman that you admire kind of thing. Mm -hmm. It's like, like you do admire candy as a businesswoman with a blended family with kids who love her. Like you admire these things about her and you are striving for her acceptance and she is not giving it to you. So you are like reaching out just like you would have been with like your mom. It's like candy, 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 pay attention to me, candy. It's, Oh, it's sad to watch. And you think of the ways that she insulted Candy as a parent and Candy as a mom at those like low points at the dinner and elsewhere. The idea that she couldn't juggle and to see what Marlo, where Marlo came from, that's tough. Yep, because like Candy and also Marlo just wanted to hit where it hurts because, you know, Candy has said these things herself mm-hmm. where she sometimes feels a little guilty for taking all the jobs and stuff because she's, you know, every working mom feels that way even when they Mm -hmm. shouldn't have to. But like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just kind of the culture. The working mom feels bad for being away from the kids kind of thing. So Marlo just wanted to hit her where it hurts. And then also she comes from this reality where her mother was never around. And so she's saying it from a place of hurt and also from a place of wanting to hurt. Like she wants to hurt Candy and she also has unresolved issues about it herself. Hurt people, hurt people. Yeah, hurt people, hurt people. And she has no interest in healing. I mean, the fact that her mom, she said her mom went door to door to tell her neighbors that she essentially didn't like her daughter. Yep. That's tough. Yep, that's tough. But she needs some therapy and she needs it away from the cameras or she needs to do it on camera 
I mean, there are plenty of therapists in Atlanta who have been on camera <laughs> many times. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know how good they are. I feel like if at this point, if you're going to Dr. Sherry, like your marriage is already over. <laughs> like, Wait, who's Dr. Sherry? Dr. Sherry is. So they have two black therapists in Atlanta that show up on every Atlanta show. <laughs> Dr. Ken. And Dr. Sherry. Dr. Ken's been on Andy's Girls before. He's oh. been to them. <laughs> Sorry, Dr. Ken, if you listen to the show, but <laughs> whenever I see Dr. Ken or Dr. Sherry like, show there's... up, I'm like, oh, some bad advice is about to be had. <gasps> like that advice that Dr. Ken gave. Um, Nini? No, no, it was this season. Dr. Ken. There are two Dr. Kens, I think. Dr. Ken with the glasses? Yeah. Yeah. There's only one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> another dr ken um who was he gave advice to was it drew yes with drew and ralph i forget i think this i might be thinking of a different dr ken so dr so drew and ralph went to therapy with dr ken that was a different that was a different therapist i swear to god pull up his picture i bet it's the same one i doubt there are two black dr kens that show up on reality television joking. in I atlanta i swear to god it's a different person <laughs> well I'm maybe i got joking. his name wrong i think you got his name wrong okay. i really do think you do why am i calling abs- him why am i calling him dr ken if it's not his name i couldn't tell you but i'm here for it but it absolutely was a different person because <laughs> when i see dr ken the dr ken who has literally been in my apartment recording ag on the people's people's couch does he live here um, yeah, he lives he at that point. I think he did. Yeah. So he doesn't live in Atlanta. Dr. Ken? I don't think so. Maybe uh-huh. he moved. <laughs> um, I can't find it readily available. I'm going to find him right now. How fun for all the listeners at home. <laughs> Dr. Ken. There we go. Dr. Ken counseling. I got a little web page. Okay. Instagram is coming up. Let's see if it's him. Yeah, this is Dr. Ken. Let me see. This is the Dr. Ken I'm talking about. That's Dr. Ken. That's a different Dr. Ken. Than so the Dr. you Ken. have another Dr. Ken. I have another Dr. Ken. There are Ken. two Dr. Swear Kens. To God. Swear to God. Not joking. Oh, see, look. He has a picture of Drew and Ralph, too. Yeah, that's a different Dr. Ken, I think. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> oh, here's a good one. Look at, look. There's his face with the little glasses. Absolutely different Dr. Ken. Wow. I really need to see your Dr. Ken. Maybe yep. you got the name wrong. Maybe I did. I absolutely <laughs> could have. Some it's random, entirely possible. Some random man was in your house and you didn't know his name? The How? same. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> How completely appropriate <laughs> during my other interactions. Um, wait, but what were you saying? Oh, because like they had gone to therapy and then they were talking about how, you know, they had to be nice to each other for like 30 days or something. And then mm-hmm. if, um, you know, if you broke the 30 days or something, you know, you had to pay a punishment and that kind of thing. And it's like this advice that Dr. Ken was giving. It's like Drew is not being mean to Ralph. Yeah, this she's is, saying her feelings. Right. This is stupid. not allowed to have them. Right. I'm like, this is terrible advice from a terrible therapist because, like, Drew is not being mean to him at all. Ralph is gaslighting her and treating her like crap, and she is explaining how she feels. Like, that is not being mean. And he, the way he gave them the advice was like, oh, you're being mean to each other, so you have to be nice to each other for 30 days. And I'm just like, that is a terrible therapist, and so this marriage is on the rocks (laughs) i don't have an issue with couples therapy in general but i think it must always as a non-therapist i would highly encourage that anybody (laughs) seeking couples therapy is also an individual therapy oh yeah yeah yeah. it shouldn't be the it shouldn't be the grounding force it should be the supplement to something else Mm -hmm. going on and i think everyone should be in therapy Yep, you should be on therapy to work on yourself and couples therapy is so you 
can relate to each other. Right. But like They're couples therapy, yeah, couples therapy should not be the place where you are learning how to work on yourself. Mm-hmm. Because if you're just giving people tools to talk to each other, but the underlying issues aren't being addressed, then the tools won't matter. Like you're just giving these two people an avenue to communicate their mm. terrible traits better. So. Um, also, I cannot believe that we've gone over an hour and have not <laughs> once brought up She by Sheree. Oh, congratulations. You mean She by Shine? <laughs> Yeah, there is some, there's some posts. Friend of the pod, Face Reality 16, does have some posts on our show, social showing some very interesting similarities between some of the athleisure wear that I, Sheree has on her website, regardless of whether or not you can actually access it. I mean, hey, if you can't get the samples, buy them from Shine. <laughs> it's like my samples aren't gonna come in what can we order overnight from shine real quick and put my label on it at 130 dollars yeah and mark it up i mean that i guess that label costs a lot of money it made me a little <laughs> sad because we're rooting for her we are rooting for you but also like to see what brooks marks i hate to make the comparison but to see the way that he like design like he really did design you're giving me a face yeah because what i mean it's just some some hanes sweatpants with a stripe on it but it felt like a t- <laughs> like, i'm like what like is the design, design look he at least had something that felt like it was it was his thing yeah, was he, like put, decide- he, he put his name on some hanes but i thought <laughs> like that's not like like it, it's not project runway season one it's not like- no it's not like made of lettuce or whatever yeah and you have four seconds it was to put corn it husks <laughs> Thank you, Austin Scarlett, for that fabulous corn husk dress on the first Gorgeous. innovation challenge. <laughs> if you're Literally listening, losing, Austin Scarlett, look, you're a wonderful you. person. We appreciate you. But I feel like Brooks, at least understanding your perspective, I feel like he at least did. There's something was constructed where it didn't feel like this. This is what we've been waiting. And I'm not adding the 14 years into it. I'm just saying that, like. Why Brooks Mark is because, why is he your because bitch he's mark the only it? person that I can think of who designed athleisure wear. But it wasn't. But it there was, was one no, item. It wasn't yeah. twenty two or twenty four, fifteen he, or five. He didn't do anything to it other than put a stripe it just on felt a black like it was Unique versus what Sheree did or didn't do. Where I, was I like, liked some of Sheree's designs that came down the runway. I don't you? know. Yeah, but none of them are for sale right now. Well, I thought the site was just crashed from too much volume. That's what I thought. No, I think it she said that it, it was going to. No, she had like a couple initial pieces with more to be added. And the initial pieces, I think, were the. The, the shine. The shine. Those were, that's the only thing that was for sale. The shine. I think like maybe a couple versions of that, which doesn't feel entirely dissimilar from what she tried to put online. I think sort of during COVID or so maybe what was before the, when she had like yoga mats and what stuff. What was the fulfillment center she was in? Was that just like an I, Amazon warehouse of random I, things? I don't know what that was. I want to know. I, what I that want to was. own. I want to own joggers, but not for one hundred and thirty dollars. Well, no. Well, those aren't even joggers. That was like fully like like just skin tight. Like there was nothing jogging about that. But I feel like some of them were cute. Some of the men's pieces were cute. I just didn't realize they weren't for sale that's sad 
But I think that they will be. I just want her to succeed. And everybody, if you looked at every single face in that cast and all of us, Andy posting, like yep. we all just there want no her to shade. succeed. Everybody she wants has, her to succeed. She has one of the top, like from a name recognition she perspective. She has the top brand. Right, she by she right. <laughs> and she has not made a dollar from, she's made a lot of money from being on Housewives, but like she should be rolling in, in cash, cash right now. Yep. But she just doesn't seem to partner with people because she can't run a business. She can't run a business. I don't think she's interested in it. No. I don't she, know how I don't know. She's what, operating by Sonia, but Sonia never had like, what this was she, kind of Has Sheree ever had a posters. job? Like what's her job? She's, she background? posted on social she used to own a fashion boutique. She's done other things. I can't remember, <laughs> but I did scam that post. Like she owned it. I'm just gonna say that again a second time, which will make but it sound like, like another example. She did every, own a boutique. Everybody in Atlanta has their has a store. It doesn't mean they're doing anything in it. That just means you paid for it, and now well, it gets I run. Mean, but so also, I, I, my thing is like, what is Sheree's background in running a business? To me, it's like she might not have a background in running a business, although she has been a very successful reality TV star, which is a business in and of itself. But who is she surrounding herself with? Do they have any um, well, yeah, background that's part, in running? Part of running a business like Sonya, is picking people Sonya's who can run your business. Right. She pretends her like full-time salaried employees and she's just got a lot of consultants who don't have any answers that's concerning some people are me. good at building a team and some people are not candy yeah. is very good at building very a team good. and that's why everything that she does, touches yeah is successful because yeah. she has a team that can execute and some people don't know how to hire people like they they don't know um I don't think they know what they're looking for in like the interview process and mm -hmm. like all that kind of stuff. Um, or also want to pay for someone who can execute. Or want to pay for it. Right. That too. So like Candy gave her great business advice when they were sitting there talking about it. And I'm not sure that Sheree was taking it. I was like, if, if Candy was telling me how to run a business and how to start running a business and like starting it small and then taking that money to expand and like take on more people and all that kind of stuff. I would follow Candy's roadmap mm. for everything. Mm -hmm. Like I would not launch a fashion show for the season finale of my television show and not have the stuff available for sale. And you know, that's wild. They had a, a countdown. That right. was so tough because I watched the episode today mm -hmm. and to know what happened and to see the countdown, that was tough. Like even like all of that is terrible planning. And she had so much time, which doesn't mean 14 years, but it does mean like in the time between the app being filmed and now we knew yeah. that this was happening. Yes. <laughs> so what happened? <laughs> what I just was she doing in the, in the meantime? All she was able to do was get shine. Because the shine clothes were not on the runway. That's a new addition. That shine outfit was not on the runway. Oh, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> what happened? See, that's the thing is like it felt like it was in between merch. It didn't feel like design product. It, it to me, gave off a vibe of merch, which, again, I'm happy to do. Just I can't afford $130 for it. Not in even if I knew it, it was purchased for seven. I don't know what to tell you. Poor she by Sheree. I mean, poor she by Sheree, but not. Congratulations, Kenya Moore Hair Care CVS, though. 5,000 stores. Good for her. 
phenomenal. I know. I was just having like an argument with somebody the other day when they were talking about how Kenya only has like, you know, housewives going for her and like she's uh, not doing anything else. And I was like, what do you mean? She has Kenya more hair care. He was like, yeah, what does that do? And I was it, like, it's, it's always in Sally's. <laughs> And who else has their stuff in? Candy said it best when she was giving her her props. Like, none of my products have been in CVS. Good job. Like, Candy is very excited when Mm -hmm. everybody's winning around her because she doesn't see anybody else's success as a threat to her own. Which is a rare commodity, especially in Housewives. And also, P.S., the insult of, like, what she got going for her. She's only one of the most successful Housewives, (laughs) popular, influential. She's in my top five. This is this is one of this is my favorite Kenya season. She's having a great. She's just like she's drinking. So, she's and so light and airy because Portia's not there. I know, and Portia might be coming back next. And season. I do not want her to come back. Do you not? I don't. Portia soured me during her show. Mm. I watched that show. Gave me a whole different view of who Portia is as a person. Things that I already knew, mm. but you now know, you had proof. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. It's like I feel like Portia was so popular that they may have edited around some of her behavior until she left and got her own spinoff. And they couldn't do that anymore. Right, because it was just all Portia all the time. And I was like, no, I don't like Portia as a person. Can I ask, do you have a current top five? Like that are on TV right now? On or off, doesn't matter. Um and and, it, and Candy every, is my number one. And it can housewife. just be like who you love, whatever whatever top five means to you. It doesn't. It can mean whatever you want. Candy is my top housewife of all time across all metrics because I think she's fun to watch and I will also hang out with her as a person and love I think that. she's a good person and love everything about Candy. You know what I love about Candy the most what? that people discount is that Candy is you know in her m- mid forties mm-hmm. a Southern black. Christian woman Mm -hmm. who opened the door for same sex, like same sex conversations, like for relationships and hookups before candy, we were not talking about 40 year old Christian black women hooking up with other women. And like on TV, like what reality show were black women in the South going on television, talking about their hooking up with other women. Like that was Wow. And it was just so casual. So love that about Candy. (laughs) Because now I feel like the door is just wide open. Like everybody on Love and Hip Hop Atlanta is like bisexual. Because like I feel like Candy just bust that door open for all of us. Um, So, yeah, she's my number one. Okay. Um, Bethany. Okay. Because she's the most fun to watch housewife of all time. Um, Very controversial choice here. Candace. (laughs) And, you know, this is a safe space. I want to like Candace again. I, I just don't ever want to interact with her ever personally again, which I'm sure she would be more than fine with. She's like, who the fuck are you? But like, I just I, I just want to I want to enjoy her again. I hope she has a great season. I, I mean, that sincerely. I love she's Candace so much. She's a great so housewife. Her album. I still just listen to Twitter. it. She's it's a great the, album. It's so good. I'm so glad that she gets to be in the little, you know, Grammy pool or whatever you know where you get to be a voting member and all that kind of oh, stuff oh yeah the academy yeah, or yeah, whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. okay I'm into like, it. good for her cool um, that's so three love her um four and five doesn't have to be five who else do i really love Beverly Hills, salt lake definitely not chanel ion maybe i mean i i feel honorable bad. mention 
she's my favorite first season housewife of all time. Okay. Of all time. My favorite first season housewife. So I hope that her second season will be great. No, nobody from Miami. Nobody from Miami. Nobody from Salt Lake. DC, LOL. (laughs) DC, LOL. Dallas, Um, JK. Orange County. You know, I loved Stephanie on Dallas. Mm. She was in my top five, like. Maybe Stephanie's still in there because I loved Hmm. how she was very vulnerable about her mental health, but she Mm -hmm. was also very fun to watch and she was always stunning. Mm -hmm. Um, She's so rich. Yep. I love Rich. (laughs) I love Rich so much. (laughs) Rich is great. It Um, is. Yeah. That's enough. I love that. I think that's a really interesting. (laughs) Candy, Bethany, Candace, (laughs) Stephanie. Uh, and Chanel Ion. <laughs> That's the best top five anybody's I ever going to put together. <laughs> I love that you have Candace and Stephanie Holman in your same top five. I love that for you. Because I love that journey for you. <laughs> no, it's it's so fun. It's so fun. So yeah, those, that's a good top five. That's a very good top five. I would watch them on Girls Trip. That would be a Girls Trip to remember. That Can- would certainly... Candy says she would never do it, though. She just did it. Candy? No, Candace. Yeah. Oh, I sorry. I think you said Candace. I was <laughs> no, like, no, no, no. again. Candace just did it. But Candy said she would never do it because everybody, like, she was like, the only people that I would go on it with have already done it. <laughs> so, oh, that's a good point. She was like, no, I wouldn't. Also, do, do you want to be on season four? Your Candy. It's like Mm-mm. season one or, or season. Nothing. Right. No, thank you. It's just going to get worse from here. Candy would be like, how about instead of me going on girls trip, you just give me another spinoff where I go on a trip. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Where like she'd be like, I go how on about a trip. Six episodes yep. of me going on a trip with my family. Yep. Again, like, <laughs> Candy's ski trip wasn't enough. Let's oh do. Oh my god. Candy's yacht trip. Candy's. <laughs> for real, we're gonna see that in about a month and a half, and I'm here for it. That's fine. I'll watch any spinoff with Candy. Uh, Candy and the Gang is my favorite spinoff so far. I of haven't Housewives. seen any of it. It's my favorite spinoff Shit. of all of them because I don't know if I can still see it. it's so funny. Is it? It is hilarious. It Shit. is like Vanderpump Rules, but all the people are funny. <laughs> like, Which we've never had right. on Vanderpump like, Rules. Everybody is funny. And another thing I loved about it was, going back to the queer thing, so you have all of these people, young people, young, beautiful people working in a restaurant because you want to cast them for TV. Mm-hmm. And you have very flamboyant gay men and very heteronormative straight men mm. working in the same restaurant mm. and like being friends with each other. So for me growing up as like, you know, a little black kid in the South being bullied by men, there was there was no avenue when I was younger where you would see gay black men and straight black men talking to each other in any way other than, you know, bullying. So no, you have like these I feel like it's so good for little queer kids in the South to see gay black men and straight black men just hanging out, just going to dinner, Mm -hmm. just going out for drinks or come plan my party, come over to my house and like just having regular conversations and being friends and joking with each other. It was so refreshing to see. I can't remember seeing it on any other reality show. Well, geez, you just sold that for me. I'm going to need to watch that ASAP. My God. But then they're just funny. Like, they're all funny. They're Fuck. all characters. Um, two, there's this one guy who is one of the most beautiful men that I've ever seen on reality TV. What's his and name? then his boyfriend is hotter, Philip. Philip is hot? His and name then, is Philip? And then his boyfriend is hotter. And what's his name? 
I don't remember because he was Edward? just on one episode. Oh my god! <laughs> but oh my god, he's just this hot man with beautiful teeth and Phillip. muscles. He comes in to like manage the restaurant. You don't hear about hot Phillips that often. Um, Normalize a hot Phillip. So hot. He's so hot, and he knows Phillip. it. Is his name Philip, or do people call him Phil, or is it literally Philip? No, it's Philip. Double L. I'm very. I'm entranced. Probably because double P is usually European, so it's probably double L. Wow, I um. So yeah, you should watch it. He's beautiful. Loved it. loved it. It was a great show. You know what else I loved? Oh, and the old lady gang was fun too. Also miss that. No, because they're there. You know. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think yeah, my yeah, there was no, another no, no. spin-off. Like the three of them, they do their confessionals together. None of them want to be there, <laughs> which is great. Like none of them <laughs> want to be there. They're always ready to go. They're like, we done. God, <laughs> like, I love them so much. I miss. I miss seeing them more on Atlanta. Yeah. Although. So watch Candy and the Gang. By the next time you invite me, you have to have watched Tomorrow. the entire season. How many episodes? Like eight or ten. See, because it's candy, so they're not going to be like, we're going to give you four. She's like, <laughs> fuck you, ten or nothing. <laughs> yeah, so it was good. And the theme Fine. song I'll is popping. I will literally watch that tomorrow. Yeah. If I have access to it. If not, all bets are off. It should be on Peacock, right? I feel like sometimes Peacock doesn't have everything, but maybe it oh. does. I don't know. I have every single streaming site. <laughs> I'm also recapping... Um, I'm going to fuck up the name Drive to Succeed, Driving to Success, whatever the Netflix F Formula One racing show is, which if you tell me a sport, I wouldn't think of cars not once, not ever. I would even (laughs) argue about what that means to call that a sport. I'm obsessed with it from the second. I knew I was going to like it. And I was so that's why I was like very against beginning it. Is it a reality TV show? Yeah, but it's beautifully done. It is housewives level drama. They're all fighting with each other. There's like Formula One drivers. Yeah. And they're all so and I'm now I'm at an interesting part with Lewis Hamilton where it's like he's an angel. He's an angel. He's an angel. He's still an angel, but he's nudging other cars. <laughs> wow, you're lose. invested. I'm extremely invested. 24-7, I've gone through. We're not going to talk about how many seasons I've been through in the last 36 hours. Oh, there's multiple seasons? Done. Yeah. Is it, it a goes, Netflix show or did Netflix buy it? It's a Netflix show. So, like, it, so The it must drivers be are talking shit about Netflix, which they include in episodes. So and it must be really pretty. Super pretty. Okay. And like the quality like the beauty of the color mm-hmm. increases season to season like so through season three but like season four is like absolutely stunning like shitting cash but the best part i just watched a scene with lewis Han- hamilton and i'm so sorry for the other driver's name which i forget which is a part of the conflict <laughs> that, like everyone forgets the other driver for um uh mercedes but like the pr comms guy is in a a meeting like talking to them and he's like so um as you can tell um netflix is here but <laughs> so they'll have broad access but just like be careful what you discuss with them as the cameras are shooting it anyway that's the new love of my life but you know what netflix is great netflix is great but so are you and so is this episode <laughs> when you come on ag i refuse to zoom with you because i like need to vibe with your energy irl and when you just come and are a part of these episodes i just feel it's just magical. I'm so appreciative for you coming back. And you're coming back to talk about Potomac in literally an hour and a half. I hope you brought a blanket and a pillow because it's going to premiere any minute. And you better believe I'm going to like reserve your time to well, maybe recap the first episode. I don't know what the fuck we're going to do. But well, if you have watched Candy in the Game, I'll watch it. You think that time is anything to me? I have nothing but TV time. You should do no time to save money or do anything financially responsible, but nothing but time to watch have TV you ever shows. done like a three person 
uh, over Zoom, not in person. Why don't you invite Candy or a member <laughs> of the gang? No, I, I feel like I feel like a Potomac premiere is a reason to have three in the office. Yeah, we could maybe work something out. Yeah. <laughs> Think about it. Think about who you want as a guest. I don't Candace. Know. <laughs> <laughs> I would not do that to you. <laughs> would not do that to you. Um, Listen, I, you know what? I think this is a year, a season of healing. And I genuinely mean this truly. I want her to succeed. She's going to succeed regardless mm-hmm. of what I want. And she's she, going to have a great, she's going to have a great season. She's she deserves in the middle it. with Karen. What do you mean in the middle? It's Karen. Can, it's Candace, Karen and Ashley holding the middle of that. Cast oh, photo. you mean literally in the yeah. middle. I was like, okay, cause oh, no, I don't no, know no, how no. much I can take of the Karen versus Candace stuff. Cause Mm-mm, I think it's all no. very maternal. I, and, and, and I stuff heard going on. that Candace and Ashley are teaming up together this season, which I would love to see. So those two with Karen, uh, like let's, let's they do could it. take down the entirety of the world. That's yep. why let's you're going to leave the country because once they're done <laughs> with Potomac, there's going to be nothing. There's less nothing left. left to do. I I will. Yes, that sounds great. Okay, I'm into it. Okay, reserve your spot. Okay, done. Um, tell the people where they can follow you on social. Here's so much um, more. You can follow me on Instagram, Rafi D'Angelo. You can follow me on Twitter, Rafi D'Angelo. Do I tweet any fun housewives thing? I don't really tweet fun housewives things. Just say that you do. Give I tweet <laughs> lots of fun housewives things. Mostly, I've just been tweeting about Beyonce mm. and uh, and you know random stuff like selling the LC. I just finished that. <laughs> so. What a journey that was by the way what a journey that was can't wait for season two (laughs) (laughs) justice for jarvis and rose rose and geo like geo i was really into i mean geo being like i have i'm a husband i have boundaries i support my wife that was sexy like good job also you shouldn't be licking the nose of of anybody let alone a married colleague them just being like we're just friendly if i was that wife who i know is like a well-known snow wouldn't you have a conversation with him that involves like don't ever do that ever again i mean he's obviously not into her you saw when he was ranking the loves of his life and put surfing above her (laughs) he was like surfing my dog and my wife (laughs) and then real estate I was like, girl, do you need to marry somebody who likes you more than driftwood in the ocean? Yeah. That is sad. Some rocky waves coming. Anyway, we cannot be promoting selling the OC to these people because that is trash television. And we do do prestige. prestige. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, anything else that we can promote? Anything else that we can get into? No, not not right now. Next time I come, maybe I'll be writing something fun about pop culture. I am working on a book, so (gasps) maybe that'll come out at some point. Oh, my God. A little office romance comedy. Ooh, I'm here (laughs) for that. Something light. Something light and fun. I need more of it. We've discussed. Relationships in the workplace. Not inspired by selling the OC, I promise. Okay. (laughs) Someone's going to be like snogging someone else's nose in chapter two. No, I'm going to know where that inspiration came from. Disgusting. Agreed. Agreed. Um, guys, you know what's not gross? Joining the Andy's Girls Patreon, where you get exclusive bonus episodes. Two ups went up last week with two hours of exclusive bonus content. The best and number one way to support the pod, patreon.com slash Andy's Girls. As mentioned before, I'll do a live reaction to the Potomac trailer when it goes up. When you go to the Patreon, you can also see a live reaction trailer to 
the Salt Lake City trailer, which I absolutely did watch twice for that Patreon, because I was like, can we go back to Heather's Eye? Because I need to focus on that. What happened? I assume that it was an accident or a Yeah, I feel like it's an accident. They're trying to make it a thing thing. I mean, I was just not ready for that. You can, you hear, I got an AG who tagged me in a post when she reacted to my reaction Mm -hmm. of heather's eye because i wasn't prepared for it (laughs) nobody told me that the eye was coming and i was it's why i feel like the season has nothing if they're trying to make this very non-event of her eye into an event like they're trying to like make it seem like oh she got into a fight and they're like no she did it she like walked into a door i don't think anyone actually thinks she got into a fight i just think it's a funny thing of like all of a sudden there's her eye there's some stupid people who thought she got into a fight oh no that never happened (laughs) well guys um you're all smart to me but like i don't think that that actually (laughs) happened but we'll see i mean we'll see we'll see what happens as the season premieres um follow me on instagram at Dame Galley. I'm live recapping that Netflix show that I'm obsessed with and can't correctly name and so much more. <laughs> Dame Galley. Rafi D'Angelo, thanks for coming to the Clopis. This was a nine hour episode and I'm so appreciative. Yay, time to go eat. Yeah. Oh my God. This episode was a meal. I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that much. Guys, I hope you're all doing okay and we will chat with you soon. Bye bye. <laughs>